Welcome to worship. I see you braved the cold this morning, and some of you kept your coats on, and that's okay because even though we turned on the heat and the temperature back there says 75, up here it's not quite 75. So I, I can tell. <laughs> it might be 75 by the time we finish worship, though. So if you need to peel it off later, you just go right ahead. It is awesome that you made it to worship today. Sometimes it is hard to get ourselves to get out that door, pack on the warm clothes, and come to worship. Last week, we decided it was just a little bit too cold with the wind, the blowing snow, the still having some cleanup around town and country roads. We decided it was safest. But today, we decided we were just going to brave the cold and come to worship. And so I'm so glad to see your smiling faces here. And for those of you who decided to stay in ho at home and watch it online, that is just fine too. So we're very happy to be in worship. Let's center ourselves with these words. God is not a taskmaster, keeping track of our good deeds. Rather, God intervenes boldly and relentlessly for the purpose of life and the restoration of creation. Susan will be sharing some announcements with us this morning. Good morning for people in at church and those at home. Um, I get to share the announcements, so I get to reprioritize what they are. <laughs> Family Promises this coming week. I know some of you have already volunteered. We still have some openings. If anyone is interested, come talk to me after church. Um, also, United Women in Faith has a planning meeting this Tuesday. We were um, weathered out and double booked and a few things, so it kept getting put off till the end of the month. But at 1.30, any members at large and regular members are welcome to attend. We want to kind of look at what we're doing and how we're serving the women the best. Um, newsletter deadline was Friday, so if you get it in today, she won't know it didn't come in on Friday if you have anything you want in the newsletter. Um, directories have arrived, so you can check uh, in the office for those. I'm not sure if we can pick them up today. She had a sign-up sheet, I think. If I get back in the office, I can hand them out. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ruby's Pantry is February 1st, so of course, if you want to volunteer there, there's always room, and there's a $25 charge for coming to pick up the groceries that you need want. Um, a live worship is February 7th at 7 p.m., and that's a Wednesday night. Um, children's message volunteers, anybody that would like to be called to do children's messages this coming year, please call the office and give them your name. And um, Pastor Tammy is doing a Disciples Fast Track class uh, that is starting January 24th at 10 a.m. So sign up on the sheet by the office window so she knows who's attending. And... Um, Super Service Sunday is coming up. That's 11, February 11th, and the children will be involved, and the um, youth band, the live band will be involved. So that's February 11th, and there will be soup available afterwards for people to take home. I think it must be replacing Super Bowl Sunday, where we had the soup lunch after church. And that is it for now. Thank you.
going to ask that you remain standing for our call to worship and opening prayer. Gathered in worship with silence and sound. Gathered in worship with focused heart and mind, we anticipate the time we face. Let us pray together. God of unifying grace, we come distracted by the world. Our minds wander and are filled with thoughts other than you. Our hearts are confused and we are uncertain where we belong. Call us to follow you once more. Redeem the night and bless the day that greets this morning. May your relentless ways never fail as we strive to live as your beloved people. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you. Jesus comes to us proclaiming the good news. He challenges us to acknowledge our wandering heart and to remember that we are loved. As children forgiven by grace, let us take time now to extend peace to one another. Peace be with you. Is it the microphone? We invite the children to come forward for our children's message. Good morning. A little later on, we are going to have scripture from the Bible that talks about Jesus calling his disciples. A disciple is someone that follows a teacher, okay, that uh, is like their student who listens to them and follows them and then goes out and does what the teacher has taught them. And God is calling all of us to be his disciples. But we won't see Jesus. We won't see God calling us like the original 12 disciples did. And so I had this book to read to you this morning. It's called Jesus and the 12 Dudes Who Did. Okay? 
Jesus, when he was about 30 years old, decided that it was time for him to go out and tell the world why he was there. Tell him about, tell people about God, his father. But he knew that he would only be on the world, in the earth yet, for three more years. He needed to train other teachers to go out all over the world and tell people about God. So he needed to collect a group of people who would listen to him and learn from him over the next three years and then go out and teach. And so he went and collected 12 disciples. What amazes me is that when he went up and told people, come, come with me, they did. They dropped what they were doing, and they just followed him. And for the next three years, they followed him. And for the rest of their lives, they went out into the world teaching his, his, his teachings. And they didn't even question when he asked them to follow. They just did it. This is the story of Jesus and the 12 dudes who did A long time ago, Jesus called 12 guys who were all different in goodness and size. They were called disciples, and they followed Jesus closely. They gave up their jobs. They were fishermen, mostly. Andrew, you see Andrew right here? He's over here in the boat, isn't he? Andrew was the first to hear Jesus' call. He spent his life sharing Jesus with all. Andrew had been a fisherman with his brother, Simon. And when Jesus called them and said, come with me, they dropped their nets, they left their boat, and they just followed Jesus. They went with him and became two of his disciples. John was the youngest and very full of love. He loved to talk to Jesus and to God above. Do you remember the story of the Last Supper when Jesus was sitting at the big table? All of these men were sitting around there with him. They're his 12 disciples. Philip was the one who stopped to think, how can Jesus give 5,000 people food and drink? You remember that story where there were so many people listening to Jesus and the disciples said, Lord, they're hungry. We need to send them away to get food. And Jesus said, no, we'll feed them. And he found a little boy that had some fish and some loaves of bread. And he sent his disciples to take that food and pass it out. And it fed 5,000 people. Philip could not believe it and wondered how he did that. Old Bartholomew was honest and true. 
Jesus loves a pure heart, Bart would say to you. James was very quiet with not a lot to say, but he served Jesus well, and he lives with him today. Thomas didn't always believe what Jesus said. Faith was in his heart, but doubt was in his head. This is from the story after Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. He appeared to the disciples, and Thomas didn't happen to be with them at the time. So when Thomas joined them later, the disciples told them all about Jesus coming, and Thomas said, I don't believe it unless I see it with my own eyes and feel the wounds in his hand. With my own hands, I won't believe it. And so Jesus appeared again and said, Come, Thomas, feel my hands, look into my eyes, and then you will believe. And he did once he saw Jesus. But he had a hard time believing what the disciples told him was true. Simon was excited about Jesus' teaching. He would sit and listen and then go out preaching. Do you see what Simon has in his hand? They did not have books in that day, in the time of Jesus. That's a scroll. It's a long rolled up piece of paper. So Thomas is, or Simon rather, is holding a book that had the Holy Scripture written on it. Judas was a man who went his own way. He didn't stay with Jesus, even on the last day. Remember that story of the, of the Last Supper when all Jesus' friends were with him? And Jesus said, one of you will betray me. And it was, it was Judas. Judas led the Roman soldiers, to Jesus later that night and was paid in gold coins for doing that. He betrayed Jesus. Peter talked a lot about many things, what's right and wrong and the joy Jesus brings. Peter was the one who tried to walk on the water when they saw Jesus out on the lake. Matthew loved money and always wanted more until he met Jesus. Then he left it for the poor. He was a tax collector, and after he met Jesus, he gave his money to the poor, and he became one of Jesus' followers. James was little, but he gave his very best. Being a disciple was one exciting test. A disciple is someone who learns something from a teacher and then helps other people to learn it too. You can be a disciple by learning the things that Jesus taught, like love, and forgiveness, and 
trusting God. Men loving and serving others the way Jesus did. Let's say a prayer. God, please help me to hear your call and to be a loving disciple who goes out and shows people the glory of God and God's love. Amen. We need to refill that. We have an opportunity this morning to share our joys and concerns with one another as you are united through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we're going to start right away. Judy Vassenbrook, and we have a birthday girl this week that would be Nancy Ziggins. Nancy. I can add to sneak through. Oh, another birthday? Nancy Fairchild has a birthday this week, too. It's the week of the Nancy birthdays. Any other birthdays this week coming up or that we missed last week? All right, let's sing happy birthday. Yeah, she did play her own birthday song, but, you know, she, the other Nancy's here, too, so it worked out. How awesome is that? Lord, we thank you for both of our birthday girls this week. They do so much around the church, and we just want to say a prayer of thanksgiving. Lord, in your mercy. Other joys or concerns this morning? I'm Nancy Ziggenfuss, and I'd like prayers for the Ed Benin family. Uh, Rachel passed away since I last announced it in church. So, Rachel Deneen? Okay. Lord, we lift up the family of Rachel Deneen. We ask that you surround them with prayers, with your, with your comfort and your hope this week as they are really struggling, Lord. Allow them to see their hope lies in you. Allow them to cling to one another to get the strength they need to get through these days. Allow them to remember times that make them smile and even times that make us sad. It is important for us, all the emotions you gave us, to express them. And so, Lord, allow them not to bottle them up, but to express them fully. Lord, in your mercy. Other joys or concerns this morning? All right. This is going to be a quicker service than I thought. (laughs) Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we are gathered here, we are mindful of so many situations around the world. We have joys and concerns on our heart that we just don't feel comfortable right at this moment lifting in a public event forum or place. And so sometimes our prayers come from deep within our hearts. But you are a God who fills us with the Holy Spirit. You are a God who sent Jesus to guide us. 
You are a God who hears those heart calls from us. You understand when we are in pain. You understand when we have joy. You surround us with your mercy and grace every day. And every day we are thankful for the many ways that you have made yourself known to us. And yet at the same time, Lord, we struggle with material things, with, with friends, with family's health, with relationships, with jobs, with all sorts of things, even the weather. But Lord, you are there with us. When the air is cold, our hearts are still warm. When our feet are tired from walking, you make our spirit strong. Lord, we are so thankful that you are our God. And so with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And as we're leaving right now, I just wanted to say uh, I was visiting Connie Stevens this week. She is at Edenbrook, and she really wants to go home. So if you can lift up some extra prayers for healing for her, her goal is to go home by the 24th. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but that's not my choice. That would be doctors and stuff. So my choice is that, that God hears our prayer. So Lord, we lift up Connie. We pray that her health continues to improve and that she is able to be home and reunited with her family in the place where she wants to be. Lord, in your mercy. Thank you for that last prayer. I don't know how that slipped my mind, but as I go through worship, usually like a dozen of them come to mind. So we do have our scripture reading, and I believe Ellen will read that this morning. We have both an Old and a New Testament reading today. The Old Testament reading is from Jonah, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And this is Jonah 3, verse 10. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Our New Testament reading is from Mark, 
uh, chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Immediately. Sometimes we're just caught up by one word. Immediately. Mark moves so fast in his gospel. This is the 14th verse. And already it said in the beginning, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He went so fast he skipped over Jesus' birth. He says that he was baptized already. He was tempted in the desert because he was sent out there and he began his ministry and so as he begins his ministry he starts calling his disciples before this first chapter is over the man with an unclean spirit was cleaned jesus heals his um heals at simon's house he had a preaching tour in galilee and he cleansed the leper i think that's enough for one chapter right that's a lot when you go through and you hear so many stories like boom, 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 you start to get this sense of urgency. Immediately gives you that sense of urgency. Mark did not want people dilly-dallying, trying to weigh their pros and cons, deciding whether to follow Jesus or not. He wanted them to be sure that it was important enough that the first disciples called went immediately. And they gave up everything on the seashore and became disciples of Jesus. And sometimes we look at that and we say, oh, what a miracle that they gave up everything they had, you know, and followed Jesus. I don't know if I could do that. You know what the miracle is? Is that God could take fishermen and make them into disciples. The miracle is that God can take us and make us into disciples. We aren't always ready to go immediately. But we have that story of Jonah, and you know what happened with Jonah, right? When he didn't go immediately, when God called him. Some of the little ones here might have forgotten, so I'll just go over a little bit of the story of Jonah. So Jonah was called by God to go to Nineveh to tell them that they needed to, that they were going to be destroyed. Basically, they considered that that was a bad place to be, they weren't nice people, and that God was going to get rid of this country. And Jonah didn't want to go. So Jonah went to Tarshish. 
Nineveh is over here. Tarshish is over here. And so he gets in a boat, and he goes on this boat ride to Nineveh. Well, no, to Tarshish first. So he's on his way to Tarshish. A big storm comes up. The waves are rocking. You know where Jonah is? He's down in the hull, sleeping. The sailors are terrified, and they started casting lots to see who could be responsible for this. Because at this point, they did not yet know our God. And so they were doing weird things to find this out, but they did kind of figure out that it had to be the one who was sleeping, who was Jonah. They brought Jonah up and they said, what did you do that the sea is so angry? And he said, well, you know, um, God told me I should go to Nineveh and I decided to go to Tarshish. And they said, that's it. We can't do this. And, And they lifted up their voices to the Lord and they made a sacrifice to the Lord. And Jonah went overboard and was swallowed by a big fish. And he was in the belly of the fish for three days. Does it make you think immediately we should follow Jesus at this point? Yeah. He was in the belly of the fish for three days. And then he was on the seashore because after three days, I guess the fish just didn't find him comfortable in his tummy. And he vomited him out. And here he is on the seashore where we find that God calls him for a second time. After all this, I don't think he dilly-dallied that much. I think immediately he got up and headed to Nineveh. And there, he preached that word, repent. But he didn't really say repent so much as he said, you know what, in 40 days, this whole town will be destroyed. It was a king who said repent. The king told everybody that they should repent. They repented of their evil ways. They changed their ways. They completely did a 360 in what they were doing before, or a 180. I get my numbers mixed up. But they completely turned around, and they started being good. And God decided to have mercy on them. And he did not destroy them. The disciples that day, they probably knew this story. But Jesus was somebody new. And maybe to them being on the boat, this could be something a little more exciting. Now, the first two who were called were throwing their nets out. So they were probably standing on the shore. The others were repairing their nets. This is something they had to do every day to keep those nets safe. Because when you throw them out, if you want to catch the fish, you can't have them leaving through the holes, right? So they have to make sure they're dried out, that they're cleaned off, that they're put away safely. They left it all behind. We don't know really what their family life was like, what was going on at home, if they have wives, children, or anything like that. What we do know is they decided to immediately leave everything behind and follow Jesus. There's a sense of urgency there. And I don't want to underestimate this sense of urgency because there's a sense of urgency for us too. We do not know what tomorrow brings. If you feel a call on your heart for something, we want to make sure that we listen to that call and act on it, not in six weeks, not in nine months, but immediately. 
Now I know that we have a God of grace and I know some of us haven't acted on things immediately. I am one who often has to weigh my pros and cons and see if this is something that is actually feasible before I start doing something. I have to look at everything. But sometimes our immediate calling isn't necessarily immediately to go. Sometimes immediately we are called to stay and do something, right? Not all of us are called to be missionaries. Not all of us are called to be preachers. Not all of us are even called to be evangelists. But we're all called to be in ministry. And that means now. It means that we shouldn't wait. It means that sometimes when you hear a phone call and somebody's saying, can you serve dinner this night? Maybe that is an inkling of something that you should do. If you feel in your heart that, you know, I was just saying, God, I should be doing something. Ring. Maybe that means that is the something this day you should be doing. Or maybe we're just desperate for help that week. But we know that there are ways that we can serve God, and there's ways that we don't serve God. But following immediately is so important to do. And sometimes we don't want to. We know that, that Jonah, remember Jonah? He was on, in the whale, and then he went to Nineveh. He was mad. He was mad when God decided to forgive the Ninevites. He thought he knew more than God. And so God wanted to teach him a lesson, and so he made this plant grow up, and it gave Jonah shade, and that kind of eased his anger for a bit. He wasn't quite so mad then. But you know what God did? God sent a worm to go into that plant, and that plant shriveled up, and then he was angry once again, and he says, how can you be so angry about a plant that I gave to you? I have the right to take it away. And he, was, he explained that he was angry that God was forgiving and gracious. He said, I just knew you were a forgiving and gracious God. That's why I didn't want to go to Nineveh. And he says, there's 120,000 people there. How much more important are they to me than this plant to you? And I may be paraphrasing poorly, but that's basically the gist I got out of it. And so when those people turned around and decided to face him, he forgave them. They did it immediately. They heard the word of God. And this is shocking that somebody going through town, just walking through town, tells them that they would be destroyed. The miracle is, is that they listened to Jonah. And they decided to change their ways and they started to believe in God because if they didn't believe in God, they wouldn't have believed they would have been destroyed for what they were doing. And they said, we need to throw away everything false in our life. We need to fast. We need to turn to God. We need to repent. Immediately, they changed their ways. Immediately, the disciples followed Jesus to become fishers for men or for people. We're all called to be fishers for people, aren't we? It doesn't mean that we're going to single out people and make them feel bad about what they're doing. What it means is that we're going to tell them the good news about Jesus Christ. This God we have that forgives us of our sins, that leads us, on paths of righteousness, 
just like the psalmist talked about. This God that we can trust and put our heart into immediately. We don't have a lot of time in our life. Our days are always shorter than we'd like them to be. We know that every time, okay, this is as adults, that we look in the mirror, that years have passed by. But we need to start reaching those who are lost and least and maybe feel unworthy of God's grace. And we need to cast that net of love around Platteville. And we need to allow people to see that this is a church that loves, that can bring them closer to God than they have ever been before. This is a church that believes in Jesus' strength and power and might. And this is a church that loves them no matter where they've been and no matter where they thought they were going. Because right now, today, they can turn around, we can turn around, and we can follow Jesus immediately. Amen. Let us rise to our feet and we will sing Lord of the Dance.
I was expecting the Sabbath. <laughs> we'll save that. <laughs> All right, let, please join me in our prayer of confession. Holy One, you have called us from the seashore to service in this world. You have pulled us from our comfort to embrace the inconvenience of servanthood. You have put before us an opportunity that we never truly wanted, like Jonah, who resented going where you sent him. We are restless and resistant. We'd rather sleep in a boat and go about a casual kind of life. We'd rather live our days as we always have and let the tides carry us where they will. May the storms of our days shake us to new awareness and renewed paths of faithful living. Amen. Let's hear these good words of assurance. Hear the good news. Before you turned to God, God was on watch for you. Before you remembered your sin, God extended redeeming grace. Hear these words. You are forgiven. Amen. Oh, thanks be that God stands watch with our very lives. Thanks be to God for the grace that meets us where we are. Hear these words. You are forgiven. I got confused. <laughs> That's okay. But now, not because we have to, but because we are grateful, let us return to God what is ours to share. Let us joyfully offer our time, our treasure, our commitment, and our prayers. You may be seated as the usher brings forward the offering plates. All rise.
Please join me in our offering prayer. Restorer of divided hearts, bless our gifts this morning. Make our offering a path to holy living and action. May our very lives reflect the truth of our faith and our commitment to your world. With generous hearts we pray. Amen. Our next hymn is Will You Come and Follow Me? The Summons. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God unfolds throughout our lives. Go redeemed and blessed, for you are never alone. Amen. Let us be seated and hear this last song. I do believe we have a coffee hour following worship, but we're eight minutes early, so I don't know if the coffee's up here yet. So... I'll check on that before you leave.
will be going to the office and coming back with the um, directories. That's what I was going to get. Yep. And see if I can find the sign-up sheet so that I can check you off. Again, I really thought that we were having some coffee up here, but I don't see it yet. So it could just be because I'm five minutes early. So maybe we'll get our directories and we'll see what happens. <laughs>